And welcome to the Life Support Live podcast, the weekly podcast that explores how Star Trek can help us to boldly go in our own lives to better ourselves and the rest of humanity. As a famous starship captain once said, and as another famous starship captain also once said, the one with the new series on the way, wherever our mission takes us, We'll try to have a little fun along the way. Always, always. That's the goal. Hi, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Ali Matu. And I'm Dr. Trek, Larry Nimacek. One of us is a real doctor. And we'll leave it to you to decide who that is. <laughs> hey, every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, we record this show live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook with our audience joining in and rebroadcast here as a podcast. If you'd like to join us live, check out the links in the show notes. And now, let's engage with our regularly scheduled program, Already in Progress. Today we are talking about reconciliation. Uh, uh, we're taking our inspiration weekly from the theme of the last episode, last two this time. And when we're out of Fresh Trek, we will return to looking at different themes across all of Star Trek, though, not just for whatever the recent show was. Right, right. I'm impressed, Larry. We've been able to keep this going as long as we have in terms of taking inspiration from each week's well, episode. I've been faking it. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, let us know. What's your favorite episode about reconciliation? As Larry and I saw this week's episode of Discovery, last week's episode of Discovery, both had a theme about different parties who had grievances and coming together and overcoming those uh, those problems that they had. Larry, before we get into that, um, and we're going to share a little bit more spoilers about last week's episode of Star Trek Discovery because we have to. There's a lot to talk about there, but we're not we're not going to give away that everything, but the premise a little bit. Um, you know, I want if you want a breakdown of the entire Bloomin' Show. There's a whole internet out there with oh, yeah. seven other shows that will gladly yes. do that for you. And a couple of them are actually friends of mine. So maybe yes. even three or four. <laughs> yeah, that's why we, we, this Life Support Live isn't about, uh, isn't about all of that. Um, and that's why we don't do the breakdown episode by episode, but we, we're going to give, get some hot takes. Larry, I'd, I'd like your hot takes, uh, on these last couple episodes of Discovery. What's your take? Um, Ooh, sizzling. Sizzling yeah, hot. Sizzling, sizzling. Um, well, both of them, yeah, taken together. I mean, I think uh, uh, Unification 3 that everybody saw coming a mile away a year and a half ago when they saw the title would be about Vulcans, <laughs> maybe even Vulcans and Romulans. And it uh, did not fail to deliver that. So, which was all about reconciliation. But that was the easy part of it. And just broad strokes, since we're talking about two episodes. This week was, um, you know, unraveling some more of the burn mystery and all this, but it was the, it was the book backstory show where, oh, you have a, bro I loved it when she's, you have a brother? I wanted to go, yeah, but his only got revealed after about five episodes. Um, <laughs> Everyone in Star Trek has a, a long lost sibling somewhere. He ain't heavy. <laughs> He's my long lost brother. Uh, there are a lot of story threads going on here. There are some mystery arcs and all that. But yeah, the reconciliation theme plays out. Now, What as I got into this thinking, we can, again, like some of these topics, we can talk about the micro, like between individuals, like we had Book and his brother reconciling. Um, 
and we've had so many other characters across Star Trek do that. And we've got like cultural and political reconciliations too. Yes. So yes. you talk about Vulcans and Romulans. But both of these cases, um, and we've got pictures here to show you in case you don't believe us. But we <laughs> read the story, point to the picture. Um, we've, got, we've got individuals with a cultural agency too. Like individual. Oh, there's the brothers. Okay. From the sanctuary. Now, here's the here's the my sanctuary. new rule. Yes. If if you're confused on an episode title, if it has V in it, it's not DS9. If it doesn't have V in it, <laughs> like if you have emissary, that's DS9. If it's the emissary, that's TNG. If you have the sanctuary, that's Discovery. If it's just it's, sanctuary, yeah. that's DS9. See, there's a pattern to this. Do you there's, get it? Uh, this makes sense. There is yeah. a method to the madness here. Absolutely. I don't get a lot done, but that's what I do get done at 1 a.m. But but <laughs> what I'm saying here is um, there, there's a lot of reconciling. And there's our Vulcans and our uh, Romulans. And as I loved, I loved, my favorite adjective of all Discovery is the Romulan Vulcan. <laughs> neighborhoods <laughs> to see it in the captions the romulo vulcan and one of your Vol- romulo vulcan sections um but also there's one there of Rin, the android mm. um this is the part that we think about you know governments and cultures reconciling we think about people reconciling but i was struck by how both of these episodes had an individual and a larger agency and I felt like at the end of um, the sanctuary, that Rin was, you know, his personal. Rec- it was part of propaganda, but it was his personal reconciliation with the Federation, as seen through, you know, he even gives up a little bit of information for the story arc of the season. But I, I did it that way just to kind of talk about how, um, you know, he started off, even though they'd rescued him, and all that, that he was traumatized or he was he was raised in an atmosphere to distrust of which is a total anathema to our 23rd centurions there which but that's the whole point of the arc this season is the the landscape is so different but it's possible for a single person to have reconciliation with a bigger agency it may be fronted yeah. by individuals but i that struck me i mean i don't know how valid that is in your eyes but that i think that's that's 100 percent valid and what um i i i didn't pick up on that theme until you mentioned it um in our prep and what what's uh, <laughs> you you're welcome for our moana fans because that is all we watch at home oh. we watch like the same five musicals over and over uh because that's life with a preschooler um the, the, the Rin, the Rin storyline is, is really great because it, it does highlight many aspects of reconciliation that there have been certain people who have more power and have probably made, wronged another group of people for many complex reasons. And there are people who might be more in the victim role. And how do we bring these parties together in different ways? And with Rin, I, th- I think you see the complexity of that, that there is, there's aspects to it related to the Federation. There's aspects to his actions and what he took. And it's, it's complicated. And, and we see that coming together. We see it between, um, book and his brother. We see it with, uh, we see it with Michael and her mom. We see it with uh, the Romulans and the Vulcans. And Larry, what happened to the Revids? What are they? Are they part of this? This new? Well, now this new, there's like, so there's an oddity thing. There's a debate going on. I that whole that trailer image. Spoiler here. 
There's a trailer that shows a conjured up David Cronenberg is back next week. This was in the trailer, so it's a spoiler only if you haven't seen it. Wait, oh, does that make sense? I, okay. Uh, um, yeah, sure. No, I haven't. I haven't seen this. Hit me. No, there's a there's a or it was it was a trailer and there's a blooper in it and then they'd even <laughs> there's somebody standing there in an early first two seasons Next Generation so a pre twenty two sixty six you know the the original spandex uniforms. Yes. They've recreated one, and they've got with the with the idiot. extra line here, the extra the line yes. with the zipper down the front. Yes, yeah, and the low and the boat neck kind of the collar. real tight ones that really gave him a lot of back problems. Gave a lot of back right, and they were yes. replaced by Bob Blackman's design. Anyway, yes, they've got an alien that they they brought back. I love how they're going down the checklist of the we used them once, but we never did again because they they were horrible mask aliens from motion picture that got all this publicity and then you saw them in the background at the tram station at San Francisco in the motion picture. Um, we, that's what Linus is a Saurian. We've had Saurian brandy since day one, but they finally showed you a Saurian and they never did it again. But now right. they've resurrected that. They, right. the, the, um, trick or whatever the, the, the courier that was after book in, in the first episode, um, he was a Betelgeusean, They'd even uh, uh, a Beetlejuicean, a Beetlejuicean, yeah, 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 a Beetlejuicean, a, be- a be- Well, you love to see Beetlejuicean, but anyway, just don't say it three times. Yeah, um, otherwise Q appears. Yes, or something. <laughs> but there's um, <laughs> keep talking, or you keep going on. Uh, there was a ma- another one of those wacky aliens from motion picture was a Beetlejuicean in civilian and in, on the crew. So they've ro- brought that back. So. Some people are thinking that's a a, a Beetlejuicean that they've conjured up in that uniform, which totally would fit. Um, and he has this rib thing that looks almost like a Vadwar from Voyager from Delta Quadrant. But the face is so similar, it almost it almost looks like it's a Riemann, but the Riemanns didn't have the collar, so I guess it is a Beetlejuicean. You're, this whole thing started off with you talking about Riemanns. People are all yeah. wondering about yeah. the okay. Riemanns. <clears throat> were, they, were they wiped out in the supernova? Are we just not talking? I, I want just to find go in a cave sometime and find some Riemanns just to shut everybody up. But anyway. <laughs> we had a whole movie Sorry, about them. We had a whole movie about them. Can we have a little bit more Riemann love? Okay, but... but um. I want to give I want to give my hot take here, Larry. Um, and and the comment Enterprise too. The Remans were in Enterprise. You saw to the Romulan that was posing as the Vol- Velas in the trilogy in the in the Babel United One yeah. trilogy, where there's they're they're masquerading as Marauders, but it's really Romulans. Velas yes. is escorted by two Remans. Oh, that's right. That's right. I I do remember that. I do remember seeing. I, I've got. I I, I uh, um. This is one of my best uh, trivia questions over time. Yeah. Did for, you ever for, see Remans beyond uh, beyond uh, Nemesis? And yeah, uh, I, I do remember that because I I for, I for some reason there's a soft spot in my heart for the Remans. Um, and I, I'd like to see more of them. Uh, the comment section is blowing up with so many examples of reconciliation, and I want to dive into that. But before that, I want to give a, give my hot take. Um, Larry, I I loved last week's episode of Star Trek Discovery so much i mean uh we heard this in the the, in the most comments. uh last week's um uh episode six uh unification okay. three and um 
there was so much happening in that week's episode. We we saw it in the comments section, people getting really emotional seeing Leonard Nimoy again and Leonard Nimoy Spock again. Um, and I, I will I will argue with anyone about this. Uh, Leonard Nimoy Spock is the most important character in all of Star Trek. I think he's um, he has appeared in. He has had his footprints over every era, every version of Star Trek now. Um, but to see this storyline that was started decades ago now continue and to see that unification happened. It's worked. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Romulans and the Vulcans Bumpy, have reconciled. But it's there, right. It was more than yeah. it was. Yeah, and uh, the name of the planet, uh, Navara, is that right? Hmm? What's the name of the planet? What is Vulcan oh, now oh, known uh, as? Uh, Navasa? No, I've gone blank. Not Navar, Navar. Navar, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Tim is saying uh, Unification 3 was the finest Star Trek Discovery episode to date. Um, I, I really, um, I really love this episode for what it did for the Vulcan Romulan storyline and to push these things forward. And it's really, to me, delivering on the promise of what happens when you go so far into the future that you can, you can take the storyline <laughs> into all these different directions that's just not possible in something like Star Trek Picard. We're not going to get reconciliation between, between the Romulans and the Vulcans in Star Trek Picard. Um, they're still dealing with all the after effects of the, the supernova. So, um, yeah, Jared, uh, Jared and Scott, uh, Navarre, uh, is, yeah. uh, oh, everyone, everyone at like the, the exact same time, no. <laughs> uh, is letting us know. Um, so I, I really love this episode and I, um, I love, um, I, I love this idea of so okay how did they how did they get here what did they do and what's di- the difficulty in maintaining this and we talked in a few episodes back I, I don't want to dive into the counselor's log already but we we talked a few episodes back about how sometimes when you do have um, conflict over decades and decades and decades and it seems intractable sometimes you need an external force mm-hmm. um, some type of crisis to um, shake the parties loose a little bit. We saw that in Star Trek VI. I was just about to say, you mean like Praxis? Yes, (laughs) Yes, like Praxis. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see that in Star Trek VI. And um, now we're beginning to... Now we see that with uh, the Vulcans and Romulans. It was probably the uh, destruction of their home world and everything Spock was doing behind the scenes... That has led us to to this point. The way that they view Spock, I mean, that's what I thought. That was so. What was so emotional to me? They mm-hmm. view Leonard Nimoy Spock in in canon in Star Trek Discovery in the thirty second century in the same way we do. Still, yeah, still, yes, yes. Well, yes, if yes. you stop and think about it, you're talking about on a I don't know, Jesus Christ, Mohammed, you know, Kalis, Surak kind of level. To, to blend, I think Spock to pull a Star Trek blending of real history and future. I think Spock and Sarok are are neck and neck here. But I mean, if you're still um, revering be... someone a millennia after they're yes. gone, yes. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I hear you. Even though I they think... have their bumps and <laughs> so their bumps and grinds, even though they're they've obviously still got things to work out, they're at least all they're on the same page talking, which was a hell of a lot further along. Yeah, and the they're on planet. the same planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're talking at the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of episodes for us to explore. Um, the comment section has brought up so many um, as well. Um, a lot of small uh, little examples that um, you and I like character moments that you and I haven't considered. Um, Larry, where um, we, we talked about, we, I just alluded to Star Trek Six uh, right now, but that's a pretty strong parallel. Um, where well, else? And six, I think about as a, again, th- some of these are on like big big unit levels and a lot of things are on the personal level and that was obviously a, a big unit you know klingons and and the federation cultures but the one um and i started to say it was it was star trek 4 but there was a little bit actually the breakthrough was in journey to babel but um spock and his father Sarek. Yes. you want to talk about a personal reconciliation this is a great dramatic moment, although they technically kind of reconciled before that. They still didn't talk much because they're goofy Vulcans from the Sarek family. But um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, huge, Steve- I think that may have been the biggest. I was trying to think of a reconciliation, an original series reconciliation that way, and. And then That's, finally later on, it was like, well, duh, Spock and Sarek, at least. Steve Price yeah. mentioned that. Um, not an episode, but a favorite scene. Nice, the reconciliation between Spock and Sarek at mm-hmm. the end of Star Trek IV. It, it's a beautiful yep. moment. Um, mm-hmm. uh, why? So and hi, it's Steve. So... If you're a first-timer, I'm not sure, but maybe. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah it's very Vulcan-like. You know, say hi to your mother for me. Um, <laughs> wh- why Why do you think that happens? Um why why that reconciliation at that moment between these these characters well like i said i think really the reconciliation started at the beginning the breakthrough was at the end of journey to babel really and again it's like what's a it's a trauma it's like well your planet didn't blow up but your heart almost did mm-hmm. i mean in the case of Sarek, Pat, and then here spock has to jump in and save you know the only one that can do it is he has the blood to give him a transfusion for his heart attack and um and they both have to get over themselves, especially Sarek. And and that's the yeah. – I want to say as much of a – whatever you want to say <laughs> about the shaky first season of, of Discovery, and it had its moments. To me, the most – in the watching it for the first time, the moment I will always remember, just like when yesterday's Enterprise was unwinding, and I thought, oh, my God, the next generation has finally found itself and stepped up here to being as epic as a motion picture – uh, or the old motion pictures. That moment for me in Discovery was when the whole subject, all the flashbacks about all the manipulation Sarek was doing with Michael about the mm. Vulcan Science Academy, knowing what was going on. You know, he was trying to, he pulled her out to get Spock in there. He played favorites and made choices, and then Spock turned him down, so he wound up with none of his kids at the Vulcan Science Academy. Like cruel fate and karma and irony and all that. And I was like, oh, my God, they've actually added a layer of texture here that Mm. didn't exist before that makes you go back and revisit an earlier episode made earlier in time, and you see it through whole new eyes. It's like a double tragedy for Sarek and a double lesson to stop. Mr. Ambassador, who brings warring peoples together, can't handle his own family management. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's um, Charlotte has a great point here. Um, even Sarek admits at the end of Star Trek three that his logic is not always sound where his son is concerned. And uh, I think bitter experience the, they're talking. 
in, yeah. in a Vulcan way, in a Vulcan term. <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's an acceptance that's coming there that I think is also a part of this reconciliation of um, of your own mistakes and a little bit of forgiving yourself in that moment that that maybe allows for more of that um, reconciliation to mm-hmm. occur. Um, there's um, uh, and then uh, and Jesse says uh, then Spock getting to touch a sliver of Sarek by mind melding with Picard in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next generation's unification part mm-hmm. part two, I think, right. is where that that meld happens. Uh, yeah, After I, Picard had mind melded with Sarek. Yeah, in Sarek. Yep, yep. Um, and speaking of Picard, um, Larry, here's another example that that you brought up that um, that I also forgot about. If I'm able to, somebody find... else, and I'm forgiving me, guys. Somebody else brought this up way early. Maybe I can. Here we go. I, I know what you're going to say. There's oh there's oh the series Picard. I thought you were talking yeah. about next gen oh. image. Oh oh there's that too. Yeah, we'll get into that. But there's um <laughs> oh, there's, there's a lot of uh, reconciliation that has to happen in Star Trek Picard as well. Um, with Rafi and Jean Luc, um, and then with Rafi and her son. Uh, that's a reconciliation that does not occur. Right. Um, I mean, but, I, that made me think that sometimes reconciliations misfire or they miss. Yes. The, or you have a false, not- you have a false reconciliation that on, uh, mm-hmm. on paper looks like the parties are coming together, but, um, it's, it's not quite the case. Um, you get the impression here that, that Jean-Luc is trying to apologize. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, not quite getting there. It, it's not a complete empty because Rafi does sort of come along with him. Um, but she has her own reasons for coming on this mission, as we find out. Which initially. Is, yeah, right. initially. So um, I, I think we, we see here that Rafi has uh, has been struggling and Picard hasn't really been there to to help her uh, um, to help her in this moment. So it's it's a reconciliation that doesn't quite quite get to warp speed. Well, and to Rafi's point, um, she's angry because he comes calling when he needs something for the first time yes. in 14 years. Yes. So, you know, yes. it's, and it, <laughs> oh, it's so good to hear from you. What's up? Oh, you need a starship. <laughs> okay. And a, and a, yeah, and an off the books captain. And a, okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, I know this, this is not how communicators old, work, but. Yeah. yeah, and then later on, I'm going to need you to wreck one of your few surviving Starfleet friendships too for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> how much how much wreckage can you leave behind? Um, no, I, I was going to say she, boy, it just hit. Okay, whoosh! Did you see that happen? Um, <laughs> it's not only that Raffi is angry at Picard and hurt because she senses that he's only come back to reconcile because he needs something now. Oh, I had this. Um, it doesn't matter that his reason for not reconciling and causing this rift also was the fact that he himself was hurt. I mean, he yes. withdrew in his pain and, you know, whatever, and all the hell with him. And she didn't care it was a domino effect, right? A yeah. lot of people are getting hurt here by an, an initial incident and the dominoes falling on different people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So yeah. it doesn't yeah. it didn't help her to know that he had gotten screwed 
And that's why he was you know, like ignoring her. She just cared about her, their situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I that's, that's part of the messy messiness of, <laughs> of stuff not going well. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of not going well, I just saw Tim's comment about reconciliation between Spock and Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Do you think they reconcile? It was so fast. That I just realized so we never got to hear Sarek or any parental units talk about Cybok. No one else. No, and we never have talk about Cybok from the family. But one of these days, I want Michael to say something. Yes, like that. that's what I was gonna say. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I would love for Michael to be like, "Oh yeah, Cybok. Yeah, we don't talk about him in in like a um in a wharf kind of way, in a wharf uh, trials and tribulations kind of I way. We don't this, talk like, about it without step brother that like he came back and lived with us for a year when I was a kid because he was kind of weird and nobody ever you know <laughs> loved wearing these white robes. Uh, speaking of wharf, he let's... came back to town, but mom and dad wouldn't let him live in the house. So you know. <laughs> Speaking of Worf, let's talk about yeah. sins of our father. This is where you thought I was headed earlier, right? Nope. Um, no? Nope. Okay. Okay. What well, I sent you, I sent an image, so, you know. Yeah, I have it then. I just am not... Wait, I'm let's not talk being, about Worf. Oh, oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. It's a little trip to uh, to France is where, where you want to go. Um, but there's there's many examples of, of Worf here. Uh, Zahir mentions Worf and Nikolai on... Worf and Nikolai on Boral 2. Um, and there's, uh, Worf in, in many ways, um, reconciliation, uh, in relation to the Klingon Empire. So, right. um, um, it, it, this, I'll get into and this. The in Klingon a, Empire in relation to Worf. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. Um, oh, well, well, tell me about that, Larry. Let's, let's dive into it. The, the Worf saga? Yeah, yeah, yes. Let's drive into the Worf saga. <laughs> okay, so Moog, who is Worf's real life father, yes. who was wiped out at Kittimer and his yep. entire family, and then Kern pops up as the brother he never knew survived. So initially they find each other. Then Kern says, "You have to come back because they're about to blame the family that I'm not admitting to because I'm secretly not part of this." But the real bad guys, the House of Duras. And no one remembers what Duras's father was who started the family sin. His name? His name, yeah. Everybody just says the House of Duras. No one ever remembers that Duras's father started this. Is it Bob? Bob Duras? I don't know. Damn. I can't trick you today. Wow. <laughs> no, it's Gerard. Gerard. It's a J. That's why no one wants to remember. It's a J Klingon name, which is weird. Anyway. So there's a there's the real bad guys. There's the real corrupt house. Yeah. Who are pinning all this this corruption on the the reason for the Kinnaker massacre twenty two years later or whatever it is twenty three four they're trying to pin it on Worf's dad who was totally yes. innocent it was his dad pin him as a traitor right pin him as he, a traitor yeah. that betrayed the colony to Romulans yeah. to attack when it was really his talk about projection. It was his father that did it, but they've covered yes. that up. Worf comes back, they actually find Now, now uh, one of the reasons why they probably covered it up is they probably look the the, the high um the council the, the high council probably got together and said, mm, well, Worf is out there. You know, there's no other Moog here, and we got so many Durasses and they're so influential. Let's pin it on him." Right, exactly. We've got the sisters we don't even know we've got yet. 
Yes. So, um... <laughs> anyway. And now we have a weapon of unlimited power! So Worf shows up and is like, aha, okay, truth and honor, right? We're Klingons. They're like, no, this is very inconvenient. Um, we're all going <laughs> to accommodate you because you're one guy. Meanwhile, yeah. his brother doesn't stay secretly his brother. Yeah. So it's all murky, but it's an arc that plays out. And eventually, eventually, Duros is up. Uh, Kimpek is poisoned, which, you know, isn't very honorable. But, hey, it's Klingon society. There's an outsider vying to be chancellor. And Duros is like the inside favorite. But they all know the secret. He can't be the emperor. The Klingons will be totally corrupt. And eventually Worf and, and uh, War, Duras comes over to kill Kalar, Worf's old girlfriend, who he doesn't even know yet, gave him a son until now. She's killed because she's going to expose it, and then Worf kills Duras. This is all an honorable Klingon combat, so it's all okay. <laughs> and Worf kills Duras, and then Gowron gets to be the uh, chancellor, even though Picard's <laughs> his arbiter of succession and does all this, and they make... But Gowron takes office badly harmed, and somewhere along the way, uh, 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 Kern, his bro- Worf's brother, comes out and says, okay, I was Worf's brother all along. <laughs> and then there's a Klingon civil war because of the resulting wounds, and Doros has these two sisters that are just, I don't know, and they lead a faction against Gowron, there's a Klingon <laughs> civil war for a couple of years, and Picard steers the Federation into being not involved but involved, just keeping the Romulans away because the Romulans are supporting the Duras sisters. Yes. And don't yes. you just love a great political drama? Oh, wait, this is sci-fi. Okay. And then the Duras sisters find the weapon of unlimited power. And uh, But then they're killed. And then... But they get to be uh, killed on a movie budget. They get to be killed. A kind of a movie budget. It's a bit of a stretch. One recycled... <laughs> And then um, there's a Klingon. Uh, there's a war with the Klingons, but it's really the Changeling's fault. We and have to read then, this time to the Wharf Saga. Yeah. We- well, you know what I was thinking, Larry, as you were describing this. This image came to mind. Uh, oh, it won't. It won't let me display it. Oh my gosh. Um, the um, I'm thinking of the image from "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" with the guy. And his his map of like conspiracy kind of kind of stuff. Oh. Um, oh, I'm gonna pull it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be uh, very well, small. You could you could pull up the Mariner one too. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I could do the Mariner. And you could kinda... keep it canon if you did that. Yeah no, I mean keep that would have been the family. That would have been smart, but I am I'm not. I'm, this is the image that was coming to mind as you're describing Worf uh, and all and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> Actually, my, my my image was going to dude. Was it dude? Where's my car? And then? <laughs> and then? <laughs> and then? Oh my gosh! Well, um, you know this. It it actually does take Worf some time to. To come to terms with all of the stuff. I mean, he is willing to take all the discommodation, the dishonor for the sake of the, the Klingon mm-hmm. Empire. And it takes, it takes a while for all the reconciliations to happen until he's at this place where, where he's accepted back into a house, um, which we don't see until way later in Deep Space Nine. A lot of stuff needs to happen. A lot of forgiveness needs to happen. A lot of acceptance and ownership of 
of um, the the more dishonorable actions that that have occurred need to happen. It's it's a messy process, and it, it takes a very long time to play out for Worf and for the Klingons. Right. Well, and uh, you just reminded me of that. It's 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 uh, Worf and his brother, but also Worf and the Empire and the whole and the whole culture and and. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot going on in the chat. We haven't been dipping into the chat much here, but there's uh, there's uh, the Duras sisters are so much fun though, uh, says Charlotte. I I didn't appreciate the uh, Duras sisters until um, until I was an adult. Um, when I was a kid, I think I I was just so annoyed by them. Um, I think I was annoyed by everyone who's not nice to to, to Worf. Um, which is a lot of Klingon. I was going to say, it's a long list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a long list of people. I was like, be, be nice to him. Be he's nice. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's doing his job. He likes prune juice. Like, chill out. He's a great warrior. Um, yeah, he's a good, he's a good he's guy. A great warrior. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so back to, and I found out who it was who said it. I, I pulled the image last night, but, uh, Charlotte mentioned this also. In the next gen family, can you pull it up? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When finally, when you finally got it, uh, Jean Luc and his brother Robert, which is like an honest to god personal. They had not. They, they're like Sarek and Spock. They had not talked in a gazillion years, and then something happens traumatic to one of them, yeah. and they feel the need to. He feels the need to go home after the whole Locutus episode with the Borg, and and um, yeah. I love and that the, episode. The, the mud fights, just one of those iconic moments. Yeah. Um, I love this moment in the mud fight as well, because you can see, like, uh, um, Patrick Stewart is, is smiling a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is uh, after the hump. They're, they're starting right. to laugh about it now. Yeah. Right, right, right. I love, um, I really love this episode. Um, I, uh, watching that episode for the first time, um, the feeling for me was, wow, you know, like, uh, Jean-Luc is not perfect. Um, he has made sacrifices to get to the place where he's mm-hmm. at, and he's made some mistakes. And when it comes to his family, he's not the, um, he doesn't have all the answers. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's not he's, the bright, shining knight. You no, know, he'll, he'll, he'll kind of tuck his shirt. He can, he can command the Enterprise, but when it comes to his brother, when it comes to his family, um, he, he struggles. And, yeah it's 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 messy and his brother you know he has his own grievances um with with Jean-Luc as well as Jean-Luc does with his with uh is it Robert is it's that Robert uh, and then Robert. Robert and René are killed in a fire I still yeah, say it was in, a barn in, fire from an early draft but anyway yeah in fire, Trek, uh, which is like really in the 23 whatever's it's a, well yeah Larry they say Time is the fire in which we burn. No, only Tully and Saran says that. <laughs> there is I no come to think of time yeah. as a companion. Uh, it reminds no. us to cherish these moments, for they never mm-hmm. will come again. Yep, yep, yep. Um, wow, we actually had a couple <sighs> people coming in from Twitch. I'm so sorry. We, uh, I think we probably lost Buggy QB by now, but anyway. I'm glad if we haven't, awesome to have you here. But let, yeah. let's talk about that. So the, the, this is another ex, uh, example of reconciliation. Oh. There, there's a pressure on on Jean Luc. He's at Earth. He's gone through a very traumatic experience. Um, he was assimilated by the Borg. He's responsible for, as a Borg, 
he's responsible as Locutus for the deaths of many, many um, Federation um, officers and citizens. Worf, Worf 359. Wolf 359. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> You're not the first to do that. It's okay. Worf, many lives were lost at Worf 359. Uh, great I can songs. see the documentary voice now. Worf 359. No, go. Let's keep moving. Well, so he, he, he goes, it's this, um, this external pressure that is uh, changing the circumstances so that he does meet with his brother. Um, and they, they very much have an airing of their grievances. We see that. We see that in the fight. And mm. I think Robert's wife, I think she says sometime <laughs> in that episode that like, well, you know, you needed to get that out of your system. Like you needed to air all those emotions out. You needed to get that stuff out in the open so you could actually do something about it. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at all the, uh, Zaheer here says Worf and Nikolai on Boral too. Yes. It's like yes. Worf and, well, we said Worf and everybody. <laughs> Worf and everybody. Like, <laughs> again, again, when it comes to Worf and reconciliation, I point you back to this image. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of it and it's complicated. Um, so there's, there's, there's a lot of directions we can go there. Um, speaking of other directions, Larry, I think oh, we need Nathaniel, to. Uh, Nathaniel also says, and it's jumping shows, Worf and Esri. Yes, yes, yes. I saw, I saw that comment. I thought that was a good one. Yeah. Um, my gosh. And, and relate, which I never thought about doing, but he relates it to divorce couples trying to f- find a I, way to, you know, to deal with I each other like... afterwards if they, especially if they have kids. I feel like the whole time we're talking about Worf, I just need to leave this image up because it kind of like. <laughs> I never thought about Worf and con- aside from the original Gerard Duras family uh, conspiracy, I never thought about it being conspiratorial. But okay, not conspiratorial, but complicated. The relationships here are very complicated when it comes complicated. to Worf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's the Klingon forehead thingy. That's what that is. It's, okay, <laughs> that's complicated too. That is. Uh, yeah, Worf and Ezri is another good example, and this is this one gets really complicated. Um, we we talked about in in a past episode, I forget which one, about my complicated feelings towards Ezri and um, how I don't think she should have been stationed at Deep Space Nine after being uh, joined. And then you had you had a great uh, some great responses to that that have now helped me to rethink things. Like there is, it is time of war. Um, Benjamin Sisko can pull a few strings so that he has uh, the people he trusts most uh, in command with him. Uh, it makes sense to me. I'm with you. And given I'm really those... glad we were able to do that for you, Ali, because they're not going to reshoot this this season. I have a petition, Larry. Please <laughs> sign my petition. <laughs> Remake season seven of Deep Space now, Nine. Now, we'd had Twitter in the 90s. I don't know. But anyway. Oh, my gosh. No, 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 Late no. Uh, the, the arc there for Ezri and Worf, I think, is a good one. Um, they're able to, again, um, uh, get the emotions out there and actually have the discussion they need to have and come to a place of understanding so that they can both move forward in, in different directions. Uh, that's a, that's a really great. Well, uh, speaking great moving one. forward, here's Tim saying yeah. the failed reconciliation between data and lore. Speaking data of and lore. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw Tim's comment too. That was a, that was a really good one. Um, do you think 
Larry, reconciliation is possible between the two of them? Well, you know, when you get into what? AI? We have to say AI now. Uh, Android Synths. programming? Since yeah. is, that, Synths. is that what they're... Yeah. Yeah. Well, since you say that, it's it's you know if it's if it's baked in the cake if it's in the DNA that's unmutable you're talking about AI it's a matter of programming it's hardware or software hard hardwired I don't know it's you know you have to have a trauma as in you know like <laughs> bashing in your programming module and you have to be rewired or something literally not not I don't I don't know. It's uh, you just can't trust something that's built to be untrustworthy, can you? Or wasn't built to be, unless you well, require what it with a, a you know personality change or something. Yeah, that, I mean that's what I'm I'm getting at here. Uh, reconciliation does require some aspect of forgiveness, acceptance, and sincerity. Is, yes, and is lore capable of those things? Like if, nope. um. <laughs> We need some black and white in life, and we need some black and white in Star Trek, and lore is not capable. That's why I guess, he's still in pieces. Yeah, I guess the the question is, um, mm-hmm. can lore grow beyond his programming? I think it, that that's kind of what, what well, we get to. Well, if your to. programming is self-sabotaging... Yeah, I think it might require an external force in in the same way as like a therapist would... Um, you need you need someone who might be able to help Laura out with this programming. Um, maybe get him a, a new moral chip or something like that. Um, yeah. Upgrade that. Um, Larry, I want to jump into Deep Space Nine a little bit. Oh yeah, well we put our toe in the water there with Ezri. So yeah, we did, we did, um, and and that kind of got me thinking. Let's let's talk a little bit more about um, reconciliation. Specifically. So I. I pulled that because I thought yeah. about the the whole reconciliate. We didn't see it to the fruition, but we saw the beginnings personified personally there between between I, you know Kira and Ducat. Kind of, they don't reconcile, but they can stand to be in the same room with each other. But yeah. those two actually not had to reconcile because they suddenly a traumatic thing happened. The Dominion yes. is now abusing Cardassia. Yeah. Right. And it's you know Cardassia, hey karma guys, you could say karma, but in the in the moment, and they needed they needed what that opening was as a war strategy. But those two individuals had to learn to get along, just as the Cardassians had to swallow their pride and get along with with Bajor. But also um, he kill you know Demar kills his Rusat. He kills one of his oldest friends because he can't adjust. And I mean that's pretty literal in black and white and hardcore stone cold, but. He actually ends somebody else who can't reconcile, at least for you know the time being. I Does it make sense. I mean, yeah, I, it, it um, totally makes sense. I think we, um, make, we make sacrifices sometimes to have a reconcile, a reconciliation happen that maybe we aren't. We're, our heart isn't even in it, but we know intellectually we have to do it. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I'm right there with you, Larry. <laughs> I, um, I. When it comes to reconciliation, I think the the strongest storyline we we actually have for this in Star Trek is the storyline of the Bajorans and the Cardassians, largely. And then this storyline in particular mm-hmm. of Kira and Damar um, is is a, such a fantastic example of that, and we and we see it as an arc um, in. Yeah, okay. and not only that, but he had killed um, Tora, Jal. He had killed Jal. Yes. yes. 
her yes. friend, much less an innocent young girl who'd barely started her life and you know and was by species and was uh, okay. Yeah, and I, I think it's a pretty close match to historical reconciliations that we we have seen mm-hmm. gone well and gone poorly. Um, you know what um, the the events of World War One and what happened to Germany set the stage for um, the rise of Hitler right. and World but War. There II. wasn't a social reconciliation. There was not. A, yes. Yes. Externally um, and internally both. Yeah, and the then, blame um the blame on Germany and the uh, the lack of reconciliation there as well as the lack of social uh reconciliation as well as economic. Um it just uh, Germany was completely destroyed and unfortunately and very evil man uh rose up and took advantage of that. Um and then reconciliation after uh World War II. Um, and Germany's very different response there in terms of, um, uh, really re- reminding themselves constantly of what happened, um, in that country and the actions that they took. Uh, reconciliation in South Africa after the fall of apartheid. Um, and, uh, unfortunately the, um, the lack of, uh, reconciliation between, uh, the Palestinian and Israeli people right now. There's, um, there are examples in history that I think are, um, the closest parallel here that we have is what's happened to the Bajoran people and the Cardassian people. Hmm. Um, if only I could think of some cultural reconciliations, say, in our own country here. That have not happened. That ought to happen. Well, this is this was the other reason why I can we wanted. Think of to... two. <laughs> <laughs> this was the other reason why we wanted to talk about this. Is um, we're we're in a big point of transition right now um, in in the United States, and we're not going to know the whole makeup. But we still have one election left to settle in this country with uh, in Georgia, um, and there's going to be a, a transition in power, and it's going to be complicated, and there are hurt people on all sides of it. it's it's going to be really messy larry so in what ways can we as a country reconcile in the united states uh but also there are um there are a lot of people um a lot of families a lot of people who are on um different sides of a lot of these issues so reconciliation is something we're all going to be in the middle uh, of a pandemic yeah in the middle oh. of a pandemic yeah, yeah yeah you know we haven't even talked about um uh, reconciliation more globally with the pandemic. But, um, you know, one of the things China has been doing, like the, the coronavirus had its origin in China. And uh, a lot of people have been looking at China's response uh, as vaccine diplomacy. That uh, <laughs> China is really doing what um, is trying to do what it can in terms of getting their vaccine out to, uh, to countries that might not otherwise have the economic means to... Um, so it's a little bit like Discovery's own. Dilithium diplomacy in the 36th. <laughs> yes. This, this is what is so bizarre to me, Larry. They filmed this show so long ago, this season. They filmed this season like, so long ago. Yeah, like 1997 or something. Yeah. <laughs> 1997. More like 2019. They filmed this yeah. in 2019. And they're, almost they're so. Back. Yeah, if you want to talk about social comment, yeah, for, yeah, in these modern times, it's so far back. But if you want to talk about social commentary, there are so many threads here that connect to our, our, our day. Um, oh, let's do. No. Yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite amazing. I, um, we, 
I feel like we can get to some of this later on because I feel like we should press ahead with uh, sure as uh, just not to be spoil sport, but we can totally get back to that. As uh, here says Cisco reconciling his anger toward Picard Locutus. Yes, uh, there's that. Um, and Jared points out, yes, Rin, the Andorian we talked about, played by, and I've got I'm still remembering his name because it's oh yeah, it's Noah Ak on his Twitter. He's very so who's a huge big fanboy when he was younger. Mary, real life husband of Mary Weisman. Um, Odo and Loxana, Linda says, trapped in the turbo lift, reconciling their weird oh, situation. Oh, yeah, that's not, great. Not galactic spanning, but, you know. Um, um, uh, Jim uh, says uh, Tom Paris and his dad, Admiral Paris. Um, oh, yeah. We, have, I was, we, haven't, we haven't gone we post haven't done, nine yet. Yeah, yeah Victoria we haven't here Voyager. says Worf yeah. and Alexander. And oh, my gosh. But oh that's a gosh. Worf everybody, so it's covered. Yeah, if we, uh, again, once again, I point you to this, uh, Worf and his relationships mapped out. Um, uh, uh, there's also, um, I saw this great one. Yeah, Tim said, um, the strained reconciliation between Riker and his father, uh, Kyle Riker. Um, uh, I don't know if they get to a reconciliation there. Um, they, uh, they play that wonderful game of, uh, mm-hmm. What's that game? Uh, per, not Parisi Squares. Oh, uh, no. It's, um, oh, God. See, because Chris Jones did a cartoon of the two of us fighting during the OU Alabama game. Um, Ambo Jitsu. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that moment. Um, it's uh, a little cheesy, but I love him. Um, let's see. Do-do-do-do. Oh, Zaheer. Jadzia yeah. reconciling with Duran. Yes. Uh, you're a past okay. host. Physically, yes, yes, yeah. yes. No, that's a great one. Um, Zahir's got a lot of great ones today. Uh, Belana Torres and her mom, uh, Miral, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and also, also Belana Torres and her dad. Now, okay. now, let's just jump into Voyager. Oh. Because I was going, well, there are all these like short-term ones, but though those are the, the first thing in Voyager I thought of, and then I forgot to pull a picture, was because um, it always felt like it was so kind of by the book and on the surface, but was Tom Paris and Neelix but over the Kestrel. Oh, yeah. But it was like early yeah, out of the yeah, gate, yeah. and then they did it in a year, and it was like, and here's one of the, you know, there were, a rec- Tom had a lot of reconciliations with everybody, and, and they had built into the DNA of the show him and Chakotay not getting along because yeah. of old, you know, whatevers. But, and I guess the whole thing of the Starfleet crew and the Maquis-ish, that was, to me, that was so bungled through the, over the, it was so stopped, you know, one week we remember it, one week we don't. And that was part of the Voyager problem. But, but yeah, these, uh, the, I thought the, the two Bellana, the parental with, yeah. Bellana with her cling on this two or three times. Yeah. Maybe that, uh, always sunny in Philadelphia image is just more about Klingons and Klingon <laughs> relationships. <laughs> like, should we adapt this to Bellana and everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Seriously. Um, yeah, there's there's some uh there's some great episodes here. Um there's also a lot of discussion going on about Star Trek Enterprise. And um we you and I sort of talked about um the relation uh, in in our prep we talked about um the Andorians and Vulcans. Um mm. but there's there's a lot of discussion actually happening about um the Expanse and the Zindi. Um, and some reconciliation that's occurred, uh, between the Zindi and, the Zindi and Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think that's that's a, a really good uh good read on this. Don't we see Larry in um don't we see a Zindi species in um Star Trek in Discovery? What, in one of the in one of the later ones I think there's a I'm trying to remember if it's an alternate line or if it's actual. Somebody's gonna pop in and say I was about to say I think there's a Zindi <sighs> humanoid. Yeah. Or Zindi yeah. Or Zindi primate or whatever they wound up calling them. Yes. Yeah, I think we see one of them at some point. The Zindi Sloss. For all year long, they called them Zindi Sloss. And then on, then they like, oh, like, let's, let's call them Zindi Arboreals. Okay. <laughs> like, I still think I'm the Zindi humanoid Zindi Sloss. And, yeah. Um, and there's another comment. Um, uh, oh, this was interesting. Dan is mentioning, uh, the reconciliation between the Federation and V'ger. Uh, that's interesting. We don't talk about, we don't talk about the motion picture enough. Um, I have a. Um, a lot I just of love. talked about Beetlejuice and and what you, movie? You I know, I know, but we should be talking and about Saurians and everything. I did, you know, I was seeing a Maserite out there eat, chewing out its own clothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is the one I was going to say. Um, this is a bit of a K three territory, but uh, Nathaniel, Nathaniel mentions Mulgrew coming to terms with the treatment of Jerry. That was going to be one of my introductory K threes that you already knew about, so I wasn't going to mention it. Oh In wow! Past, I wasn't going to detail it because I was going to mention it and say, "Well, there's some you know about," and that's probably in modern fandom. That's probably the one that's in most people's face if they think yeah. about a reconciliation that way. Um, Jim has a lot of love for the Zindi arc, and um, maybe uh, maybe that's something hi, Jim. we can. Hi, Jim. Um, maybe that's there's... something we can dive into uh, after Discovery is done. Um, I think there's um, I think there's a lot in the Zindi arc that we can uh, we can talk into. It felt like you know there were like two into. Zindi around the table, so it felt like an arc. Oh, that was a joke. Right? That was a bad joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was maybe someone left. Um. <laughs> moving right along <laughs> moving right along page two um, like, uh, moving right along okay. uh, Larry I think that's kind of um, all the big notes that we we highlighted um, should we you could say tri- well you know you could say tripping to Paul after he left the ship and had to reconcile with his feelings about you know that all kept going back some of these things that what if what if you have failed reconciliations I, yes. somebody either just said I, there, something just came to mind about that I was gonna pull Boimler and Mariner after the first episode of lower decks but then they wind up being pissed at each other he's 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 being snooty patootie at the end of the season arc and we don't know where it winds up <laughs> You know, I was just watching that the other night where he lets her ring and ring and ring on his pad and doesn't pick up, doesn't answer. Oh, so <laughs> Pixel Paradise, hello. Silurian lives matter. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I was just reconcil- reconciling the lack of coffee in my cup. Um... um <laughs> Yeah, should we should we march along into the counselor's log, Larry? I guess so. I just am yeah. trying to think. We yeah, there's there's lots. Can we just de- decide on a definition? Do we, when we talk about reconciliation versus maybe some of these unfulfilled? It feels like reconciliation by definition means there was like not just a passing disagreement, but like something really deep rooted. 
Yes, that's actually a great transition, Larry. Uh, thank you you're for welcome. that. You're uh, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome. And thank you're you. Welcome. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. Uh, good morning. Good yeah, morning. From, We've but... talked about Star Trek the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you and you and you and to you. Live long and prosper. Uh, yeah, I've got a definition for you. A definition for you. So, um. Uh, in, in my prep, I was kind of looking for a definition of reconciliation that I, I really liked. And so here's, um, here's one that I found that, that I think kind of summarizes what's going on. This was all inspired again by, um, these last two episodes of Star Trek Discovery and really honing in on Unification 3, which, wow, that's, I don't think we have seen, Larry, this is me pretending to do a K3 in my head. I don't Duck. think we have seen, okay. um, a, dr- like a, um, cross series play or, or sequel to a title from a previous series since, um, the naked time and the naked now. Is that right? I'm sorry. Um, this is the beginning. You're talking about the Unification 3 throwback to TNG? To Unification Part 1 and 2. We have Unification 1 and 2 and now Unification, unification 3, three. Right? And, and you're comparing uh, it to Naked Now, Naked Time. Yes. Yes. I guess so. If you're, if you're going to start a category like that. Yeah. Um, I'm so trying now, to think of other. Fine. You, you know, just gave Memory Alpha a new page. Um, <laughs> I was trying to catch up at a thread here in the chat. Um, yeah, I'll think about it, but I off the top of my head, I think so. Yeah, I mean we have uh we have trials and tribulations, but that's not really a play on the problem with tribbles. Um Well, I mean, though no, that is, I would consider that in the same realm. If you're going to well I mean, they both have tribble in the name, but Okay. Otherwise, you'd have to call all the Q episodes with Q in the title, something something. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um No, this okay. is a weird a weird category. Well, it's you're not coming, K3. You're, defi- you're creating the category. You get to define it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to call this the... Uh, Don't let the Memory Alpha Committee hash it out. Do you yeah, do it right now? We're going to call this the Matu Factor. Uh, the Matu Factor on this episode was, was quite high. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so I've got a definition of reconciliation here for you, Larry. Um, so this okay. is the one I liked, and it's most related to Unification 3. The removal of emotional barriers that are associated with threats to victim and perpetrator's identity and which sustain conflict. So, another way of thinking about it, we're, we're taking away the things that are keeping the conflict going between these different parties Mm -hmm. specifically one party that has um that feels as though it's been wronged and another party that has more power and is maybe uh associated with uh with committing those those that wrongdoing um now what's what's interesting about the romulans and the vulcans is who are the victims here and who are the perpetrators like who is associated as having more power who is associated with um with uh, the, the wrongdoing and, and being victim. I'm, I'm not 100% clear. Like it's, it is clear in other examples. Well, I mean, if you in, go back to the schism, the yeah, Romulans let's go, left Let's go Vulcan. back to the schism. Please. The Romulans left Vulcan. Yep. Because the Romulans didn't want to fight. 
<laughs> and the Romulans didn't want to fight him about not fighting. I mean, that's kind of and and that's uh, that's coming from Enterprise. Um, that's, that backstory that's root. That's after that's theorizing over the years. No, I mean it's like the Romulans. Once they found out in Balance of Terror, oh look, they must have had a common heritage, and then over time, that's worked out. Yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, so we we find that. it. So TOS, we learn. That the Romulans and Vulcans are related. And, and then, the Federation and then, and is like, huh? I'm sure Spock adds to it there. But also, yeah. what's her name? The Vulcan slash Romulan terrorist behind the 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 um, the Sonic's resonator super weapon yes. in the hands of a telepath that's at the core of the Gambit two-part plot. Right. Who's trying to um, force, you know, and... and oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember right? that. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's all there. I mean, the same set dressing is those little columny things that look like they could be a plant stand are in Vulcan scenes and they're in Romulan scenes. It's like, oh, okay, guys. No, that that that, <laughs> that three-ship invasion force that the Romulans send to Vulcan. Right. The, the three ships. Right, right. Oh, no, they're sending three ships. Uh, they're going to take they're over the planet. Full. They are not yeah. socially distanced in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we find out in, we, we learn more in TNG. There's stacked agreements. Um, we just didn't know it at the time. Right. Hey, I like that. I like that texture. Um, we, we learn more in TNG, uh, specifically in, um, in unification and, and, uh, that episode you just mentioned mm-hmm. right now, Larry, that, um, that the relationship between these two people are, is more fraught. And then, and then I think the next time we don't, we learn more about it isn't until, uh, Enterprise, right? If I, if I, uh, the, the episodes that really dive more into Vulcan culture. So Vulcan, it's almost like Sarak, uh, uh, Sarak, um, Sarak. Sounds like a a Vulcan carpet dealer or something. I don't know. (laughs) Get your best deals. Wait, no, they wouldn't, if they're Vulcan, they would be. The most logical deals will be found this Saturday at, yeah, um, at Sawrax. Sawrax <laughs> <laughs> Vulcan Carpet Emporium. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, right Somebody down the road from the high command. Our uh, first piece of merch is going to be a t-shirt for Sawrax Vulcan Carpet Emporium. Okay. Out of everything we've ever done, that will be the first thing. <laughs> I'm not even. Gonna, love, I'm scared to look at the chat now. Okay, guys. I love that idea. <laughs> this is what four hours of sleep does to you. Okay. I know. I know. Um, you know, Glenn also has got a great point. In universe explanation, these columns prove the common ancestry between Vulcans and Romulans. Real life explanation. Hey, let's use these props to save some money. Um, we can make a whole other alien I, race here. <laughs> I believe I said that, Doctor. <laughs> I'm talking to Glenn, not you, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's a double edge. Exactly. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh my gosh. So um uh what was I doing? Yes, I'm in the counselor's log. So um so yeah, I like that I like that definition a lot here. And um we I think you're you're right, Larry. Um the I, I think the Vulcans went down in this <clears throat> cultural hegemon hege, hege, hegemonic kind of way uh towards um sarax um sorry uh <laughs> between the <laughs> that's a lot of carpet okay <laughs> i don't know 
Oh, <laughs> uh, I believe the word Larry... to look for is Surak. Surak. Thank you, thank you, Larry. Um, the Vulcans go down this path of um, of this uh, this Carpenter hegemonic path where everyone is following his teachings. Um, and I get the impression Eventually, that there was they were all about to kill each other. Yes, yes, as we learned in Enterprise. The thing that as blew we... me away about Enterprise that trilogy was that the Vulcans had nukes at that time. They had yeah, warp thousands had warp, of years, limited ago. warp ships at least. Yeah. And yeah. nuke power. That's how more advanced yeah. they were than humans. Because yeah. the Romulans were able to to star hop and get away. Yeah. And and, 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 and sometime in that past, a group said, forget this. They left mm-hmm. thousands of years ago, and they ended up becoming the Romulans. Under the Raptor wing. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, we didn't even talk about reconciliation within the Vulcans, but you're right, Larry. There were people who wanted to, to, there were Vulcans that wanted to follow a different path. And that's what we see in that great, um, series in, um, Star Trek Enterprise. Um, so for whatever reason, these people feel these strong emotional barriers and they feel a sense of threat. And I think that sense of threat, it's, I'm, I'm guessing it is less about Vulcans and Romulans as it is about Romulans and Federation. That the Vulcans' status in the Federation, founding members, their philosophy as it has become, and the Romulan philosophy, the Romulan star empire, the way things have played out. I think that's where, you know, there is a common heritage, but they have come to represent very different things. Mm-hmm. And that is the emotional barriers. That is the power differential. It's it's more the power differential between the Romulans and the Federation and the Vulcans as they exist within the Federations. I think that's where, where um, if I'm putting on the hat of Ambassador Matu and I'm sitting there between these people, that's where I'd really open up the dialogue. It's it's this is where where it comes from. And with the research on reconciliation, again as it relates to real-world reconciliation. And I think this is best seen in the beginning, the the early stages of this, with the Bajorans and the Cardassians. Um, we see a lot of beginnings, and we see a lot of ends. We, we don't see as much of the process in Star mm-hmm. Trek, but I think the, the, the closest parallel we see in the, for the beginning stages is Bajorans and Cardassians. We see a little middle stage with, um, <laughs> with Spock and in unification. And we, now we see an end stage with unification part three. But what do the victims need? The victims need to have some sense of power restored to to have some sense of self um self action to be able to control their own destinies a bit that's what the victims need they need power to be restored um what do the perpetrators need the people who have committed these acts uh, like the bajorans need to be empowered and what do the cardassians need for reconciliation here well they need to be seen as uh, as coming back to some type of moral authority. Um, they need acceptance of. Uh, they need to accept what they have done, and they need some readmission into the moral community. Uh, there's a great comment here that just. I was going to say. From, do you, then do you factor in the trauma that Cardass? I mean, billions of Cardassians have now been slaughtered. You could almost say the Bajorans are going to stand there and you know, do the thing at them, but. 
You need, yeah, yeah um, more that's helpful or harmful. You know, you could they're, they're, perpetuate it, or you could use that. Right, 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 right. Basically, exactly. extend the Kira Demar dynamic there and say, "Here's our new situation." But that began. And, just with the outcomes in play, not even the fact that they'd been so wounded eventually. But. Well, and, and Larry, there's many examples in history where that is exactly what's occurred. Where one group that was mm-hmm. that was that was uh, that were the victims have regained power, and they've perpetuated that cycle of violence. Um, so it's it's very it's a very um, um, uh, precarious moment in mm-hmm. in these moments in history and in in that moment as well. Kira could have definitely said, "No, I'm not going to help you. You will you will perish. This will happen to Cardass. What happened to you is exactly what happened to us. Now now you're going to know what it feels like." But she sort of does see, she has a strong moral compass and sees that, like, for the sake of the Alpha Quadrant, I need to put that ahead over this. Uh, Nathaniel has a really great question. A lot here. like uh, her, her debate with, uh, with, um, Harris Eulen's character. I've gone blank in duet. Yes. Yes. Oh, fantastic yeah, yeah. episode. Yeah, One of DS9's best. Um, Nathaniel asks, how much does reconciliation require truth telling or does it require some form of acceptance or forgetting? Nathaniel, I would say it absolutely relies on truth telling. Otherwise, you're just papering over. Yes. Yeah. And there has to be that moral coming together. The, the perpetrators, in order to come back apart, to be a, uh, a part of the moral community again, you have to own the truth of what's happened. This is why it's been so critical for Germany in, um, at post World War II to have so many reminders of the of the holocaust and the horrible actions that the that the german uh people took um you have to tell the truth it is it's one of the only ways in which the perpetrators can be returned to good moral standing and that's why there's always truth and in a lot of these reconciliation movements there's always truth telling a truth and reconciliation committee is usually what's formed right 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 i was gonna say and some would say that until in america in the united states we have that kind of a reconciliation between just to be blunt about it the white community and the black community over slavery and the white community and the native community over uh, what do they call it? Ethnic cleansing. Uh, you know, now, yes, it was two and three hundred and four hundred years ago. The genocide but, of the, yeah, of yeah, the Native genocide, Americans yeah. and uh, and um, whether accidentally or on purpose. Well, I mean, well and oh, we sorry, could smallpox. Okay, and uh, and that could be a very long discussion that we have. Is has that reconciliation ever happened? And uh, I would argue um, it hasn't really happened. Like, here's a crumb. United States. Here's a crumb. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't really, um, you know, have the victims of uh, um, of slavery and of the genocide of uh, of I mean, Native it's still, Americans. It's still peace, you know, aside from the whole like thing like statues. Forget that. It still yeah. pisses some people off to say, you know, slaves built the U.S. Capitol building. <laughs> we we we've got we've yeah. got a very long way to go to to really get to reconciliation in this country. Um, uh, so um, a long we have a long way to go. I mean, just in the truth telling um, in itself in history. Uh, I mean, we had this last last week with Thanksgiving, Larry. Uh, Thanksgiving is a, a very mm-hmm. painful time for Native Americans because it's it's. 
it, it celebrates in many ways um, a false myth of of what happened, and it it represents the beginning of uh, of the genocide of uh, of Native Americans. So, so yeah, um, to to kind of summarize it, perpetrators need to find some type of moral acceptance and ownership of what happened. And those who have been disadvantaged need to be empowered. Both of those things need to happen for a true reconciliation to occur. And we, that has happened now with the Vulcans and the Romulans. Um, and I hope, I hope we get to learn more about that. Um, speaking about learning more, let's transition to our K3 factor. Oh, this is it's our K3 time. Dive. Okay. It's K3 time, folks. Um, it's, uh, favorite time of week when we get to learn a little bit more, a deep dive into Star Trek canon with Dr. Trek. Oh, wow. That was a setup. Wow. No, I meant, so I mentioned earlier, uh, the K3 guys, by the way, for you new folk is, um, you know, most of our show here is about geeking out with Star Trek and, and through a mental health lens. And as you just heard, Dr. Ali brings all that. So this is my little corner to try to take our theme <laughs> and bust out beyond the film and give you a deep dive the way we do everything in Trekland and uh, around, especially around Portal 47. But so going behind scenes to the real world of Star Trek, the real life world of Star Trek, um, I was this whole reconciliation theme. And again, we said earlier, one of the biggest ones that's most mindful, I think, most public, was the recent reconciliation between Kate Mulgrew and Jerry Ryan, which was mainly on Kate's shoulders and somewhat, you know, it was unfortunate. I remember, I remember at the time, people just kind of, it's kind of like when the black sheep of the family come back at Thanksgiving, kind of, and everybody gets along for the sake of, in fact, people got along for the sake of the cameras very well because people, fans, audience went, 20 years and had no idea this was going on. But Kate was being very human and feeling like she was the first woman to lead a Star Trek and the lead of any show. And midway through, the course correction is to bring in the sexy new actress to to goose the ratings. So she took that hard. She took it, you know, uh, with some jealousy, with some anger, with some well, we'll show her. But she was too professional to to sabotage the show over it. So it was just it was just existed in, you know, under breath mutterings and tension on set and everybody got through things. And thankfully, yes, years and and distance and all of that and the thing coming out beyond the little inner circle of the actor circle and the old stage crew. And they've reconciled publicly. And I think it's a very sincere. I mean, they're both they're both getting on in years, but they're both still active. And um, I think it was the, the win-win fell out. And there was no longer there was no longer any ego to bruise. As and and Bob we're going to see more of each character. Probably we've seen more of Seven right. of Nine in Star right. Trek Picard, well, we'll and we're going to see Jane. a lot more Janeway in uh, Star Trek. I was going to say Star Trek Rogue Squadron. That's not it. Uh, Star Trek. Uh, I Prodigy. can't know. Prodigy. There we go. Thank you. Um, but, Star Trek late 1990s internet yeah. ISP, uh, Star Trek Prodigy. And that wasn't, I mean, you could talk about, uh, uh, you could talk about Shatner Nimoy, um, in the sixties getting miffed about their roles on the show when Spock ballooned up into a bigger character than he was supposed to be and all that. You could talk about, uh, yeah, in the which we have. We've talked about that in past. Yes. Kid and Nichelle Nichols yeah. talking about how. Yes. She was told later that she got more fan mail 
than Shatner and Nimoy did, but the studio couldn't let that out, so they, you know, that what? could be Michelle talking now. Yeah, that wow. could be that could be Michelle talking later on, and you know, having fun with this. Anyway, but we know about the Shatner Nimoy thing, and sadly, we know about how that quickly went away. But then the years before Nimoy died, that they were estranged yeah. again. So, yeah. rec- so I was, one thing we haven't talked about is reconciliations that don't last, even. Yeah. And together yeah. and go away. But here's the one I want to give. And, and you could talk about Gates McFadden and the production company, although it was really Maury Hurley. And then when the, when the source of, of an, of an issue leaves a agency or a group, then you can have a reconciliation when basically when you take the rock out of the shoe. Uh, can I just, time. uh, interject for a moment and say, Larry yes. always sends me the image. Larry puts all the images together for us and he always sends me these images. And whenever I see the K3 image images, I'm like, what the heck is Larry going to talk about? Which is exactly what I'm thinking right now, Larry. So I have no idea at all what direction this is going. I'm very excited to to see this. So, so after the uh, the Maury Hurley term, right? Maury Hurley oh, and, and Charlotte and also says a good example is Spock and Sarek's uh, reconciliation didn't last either. Great example. Of that, that. There you go. Yes, yeah. yes. That Star Trek three scene was not the end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had. If it wasn't for Picard being a conduit, they wouldn't have had that yeah. poignant last. Long, long I like that example of Picard being a conduit. <laughs> this is <laughs> he, his brain was quite literally. My mind conduit. to your yeah. mind to your mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was so basically K- a USB jump drive. Yeah. yeah. So basically, the longest K three ever. So somebody <laughs> says, "Oh no, no way! They've been far worse than this." No, so here's my here's my surprise for you. So one of the things that's now in the gloss of the years going by, uh, when Maury Hurley left, we had a short. Michael Wagner was there for five seconds as the showrunner, did a script and then left. And people would like it's almost like those jobs where you can't leave your job until you get somebody to take it for you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Really, that's literally what they were doing. So so Maury Hurley gets gets Michael Wagner to come in. He's showrunner for about five seconds or five weeks, whatever. And then he's leaving. He writes a script. They do, they do the, and then he gets Michael Pillar to come in and show run. And so Michael is starting late in the year. He, he used to talk about how they were riding the rims. We make fun of the, I know we were laughing about titles. He makes fun of the, the titles on next gen, you know, the hunted, the high ground, the vengeance factor or the, you know, the defector, the, all those. And it's insane, and the poor writing staff has had to jerk around from the ones that were there from the way they did things the first year, year and a half, two years, even with the the chaos on the bridge factor going on. Michael was a great writer and a great organizer of people, but he was a little he was a little Sheldonish. <laughs> so people, you know, it was kind of like get the thing done. And Ron Moore was the baby who's they bought his spec script. And he was new, so he was kind of like the babe in the woods. Everybody else was an experienced hand, um, and so that first, that the first, first picture, yeah, where they're all in their tuxes. So here's the basic third season writing staff that Michael inherited. Uh, so there's Ira Bear in the second from left, and Baby Ron, and uh, Melinda down there, and then on the ends, that's uh, Ricky Manning and Hans Beimler, and they were a writing partnership. That's, I think they're at the Emmys here or something. Anyway, by the end of the season, there's the next picture you can put up there. Yeah. Everybody, yes, the one where they're all out in their shirts. So there's Michael Pillar. This is out on the lot. There's Ira again. There's baby Ron. 
this is all still the third season because by the end of that third season, which then halfway through, it's like Coyote getting up on top of his rocket shoes finally. That you know sends the father and and uh, the offspring and and yes yesterday's Enterprise which was a shit show to produce there was amazed they were amazed that it came off the way it did it was a horrible process of writing hmm. um it was a cluster f to do it because they each took an act they had to redo the schedule and they wrote it over Thanksgiving and everybody took an act and Michael put them together and didn't take credit because there was too many hands and names and the guild wouldn't do five names on a screen hmm. all this stuff it was insane. And then you wind up with best of both worlds and Michael wondering if he's going to take the job again because it was he was so exhausting and draining. But part of the exhaustion was all of those writers. None of them came back except baby Ron. Wow. They totally re- That's why Jerry Taylor came to the show for season. That's why a lot of things happened, including Ira, who famously now. Right is the guy of DS9 after he after Michael created it and started the first year or two. So the point here is all those writers and you hear that a lot. Writers leave the show pissed off about something or they've been burned, whatever. Right? Uh, happens in all the it happens in all the series and sometimes that's just a process of they start they throw people on the wall and see who sticks as far as writers go. And that's that's the one that's most exposed. That happens creatively on stage too in the designers and things. But the writers are the of the core of the whole show. Yeah. And, and especially in the first year, and especially if there's a lot of pressure, like a Star Trek has, the first year can be a merry-go-round of people. Enterprise was that way. Next Generation was that Discovery. way. Discovery. Discovery was seasons. that way. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it. Um, so <laughs> the point here is that all of those writers, you know, it was like, I, they all, they, most of them were fans too. And they loved the show, but it was just too much of a ringer, and they left, with the exception of Baby Ron, who was who was all wide-eyed with you know newness. And then when DS9 came along, Michael, who was old best friends with Ira, they used to go to Dodger games, and you know they'd been together in New York. That okay, they were best buds. Michael let him read his insurrection script and there and Ira very famously came in and said, Mikey, 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 like there's a lot of problems with this script. <laughs> uh, he could not, you know, he finally went back and said, OK, we're starting a new show. Ira, I want you to come on. And then in a couple of years, I want you to take over and be showrunner. And Ira's like, oh, no, oh, no, no way, no way, no way. And he says, no, look. Everything about Next Generation that you didn't like, you know, for one thing, uh, Gene is dead. No, not that. Aging Gene having many strokes and being spastic is gone. That's not a factor. But it, but mainly, it, you know, everything we know about Disney, it's dark, it's gritty, it's not pretty. You get to you you can break some of the barriers because it's that's okay. how they advertised it. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's dark. It's gritty. It's not pretty. It's You're not gonna pretty. hate it right now, but in it's twenty years. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. Oh wait, that was- it doesn't go anywhere. They won't go to warp. The bottom line is, he was able to reconcile Ira to the idea of working on a beloved Star Trek again, even as this original series guy had been so burned by his experience. You know, and 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 Ira would like write the Lawax. No, Ira did one or two more shows as a piece, like but as a freelancer, not being on step. So he had to, he reconciled Ira to DS9. And then later on, he reconciled Hans Beimler to come back and write after Robert Wolf left and he took his shot. But 
he Ricky Manning, who they had been partners, did not go there. So and you know Melinda came back and <clears throat> helped a little bit with the restoration of, of Measure of the Man, but that's a that's a that's a, a a Venn diagram there of different people who reacted to the trauma at a work situation, even a creative one, and they all had different reactions, and then some of them could be reconciled to come back to a new you know a new iteration a new chapter. Some of them took longer than others, and some never wanted to go back. And I just wanted to – I thought maybe that was a good spectrum view of reconciliation. Does that make sense? Did, I, did uh, that work? Yeah, I think, um, I think it does. And um, what I was, was thinking of – Michael Peter's persuasive ability that got Ira – everything you know about DS9 and what Ira brought to it and the people he did and the way he did it, that all hinged on Michael Pillar getting him to come back. I mean DS9 could have evolved a different way under somebody else, and it would have been – might have been just as awesome. But the DS9 we know totally rested by Michael being able to convince Ira to come back from being so burned and to be able to reconcile Ira to the idea of enjoying and being creative with Star Trek again. The um, thought that was now going through my head during this uh, K3 factor, uh, Larry, was uh, was this right here. If I can uh... looking for the conspiracy map again, right? No. <laughs> Try to pull up. There we go. There we are. I got the right one this time. We had it before. Uh, I might. We had it in a past show. Yeah, we've had it in a past show. Um, I think this image now you're really can. well represents um, uh, this K three factor. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, that's. Um, um, did I? Did I? Did I? I don't know if I blew your mind away, but did I get you? Uh, you got me. I mean, I did not know. And uh, again, like I did not know any of this. Um, and the the behind the scenes, the Kate Mulgrew stuff that you introduced, yeah, right. that was that's definitely something I've I've known, but not. That's why I only it. spent five minutes on that, and not. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, uh, this was uh, this is new to me. Um, well, while the iron is hot, can you put yeah. up the next the next case? Oh yes, 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 yes. Guys, uh, really enjoy well, that uh, kind of thing. Yeah. That's what we do in all. That's what I do in everything Trekland. That's what I especially do with the Portales in Portal Forty Seven, which is my business business. And this Wednesday is the time. Finally, after two postponements due to his schedule, this Wednesday is our fifth anniversary open house. I do an open house. We throw open the doors every year. I have a, a even more mega guest than usual, and often the point of Portal Forty Seven is to get all these voices and insights and stories that you don't hear anywhere else usually so yeah so this wednesday as in like five days whatever is our open house fifth anniversary with david carson who directed generations directed the ds9 pilot directed yesterday's enterprise and uh, six or seven other ones um we'll have some door prizes uh we'll have a mini round table open mic night a little bit before hand and after so everybody if you're interested if you like what i do what i'm bringing to this my perspective on things that's what we do every month in the portal with a whole rack of features. It's The open house is free. Just go over to LarryNimacheck.com and click on the link and just you know register for your seat. And so I know who's there when we do the drawings. And um, I'd love to see everybody over it. Um, I do that once a year, so usually in the fall. A little delayed this year because David Carson is working with another formerly linked Star Trek actor on a new movie. 
And uh, uh, anyways, he just blew up. It blew up for him, so we had to keep rescheduling until he. Larry, a, li- a little request for door prizes. Um, Scott um, mentioned he uh, about having a Hallmark Star Trek ornament of Larry and Ali, and then Charlotte said, uh, "Dang, Scott, now I want a Larry and Ali ornament." Um, and Charlotte, I probably would be holding a mug and uh, my coffee. I think, I think that would be a great. Uh, I can mean to get a nice mug like yours, but I, you know, my my clear pint glass with the Diet it's, Coke. It's trademark. It's uh no, um, it goes well. Uh, you know, um, it goes well. Or you could have singing ornament, Larry and Ollie. Uh, we could be, um, we could be, we could be doing our uh, our dog and. You could have show. removable shirts where we were wearing our different things and T-shirts, or we or we could both be wearing the Cerax Vulcan carpet and pour in. <laughs> Which hasn't been designed. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, I hope a lot of you can join us on Wednesday night. It's at 7 Pacific, so that gets the American time zones. Uh, The website, Larry, that folks can go to? Just go to LarryNimichek.com, and there's a big button there to click on and get the get the uh, place where you can sign up, and then you get sent the location and all that. It'll be a Zoom. It'll be a glorified Zoom meeting. Yeah. So, let's get to the... um, um, let's go to the away mission. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this, Larry, like what what's one thing that people can take from this week's episode and maybe apply it to their own lives? Well, <laughs> reconciliation is hard. It is hard to do this. It's a complicated process. Um, Israelis, Palestinians, what's the big deal? Yeah. How do we how do we <laughs> easily solve this in, uh, in two minutes? Uh, how do we solve that that conflict? Um, no, we um, in a previous episode, we had a, a full 60 in streaming. <laughs> we had a um, we had a, a previous episode about negotiating conflict, and I talked a lot about how to deal with intractable conflict. And sometimes the best way to deal with it is by not focusing on the things you have conflict on and avoiding that conflict if it's intractable conflict. So I don't want to retread familiar territory. But one of the things that I realized that I I haven't talked about much on the show is forgiveness. We haven't talked about that, and. Um, Forgiveness is a different concept than reconciliation. Forgiveness is often required for some reconciliation to happen. Um, but you can have reconcil, you can have forgiveness and no reconciliation. So it's in that Venn diagram, you know, I feel like I need to do, um, I, if I want to talk about forgiveness and reconciliation, I would need to do one of these as well of kind of talking about all these different uh, relationships here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 it's Worf, it's the Klingons, it's, it's Bologna Taurus, and it's, uh, it's actually behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. This week's concept is really complicated. What we're talking mm-hmm. about is really complicated here. But, um, a few things I want to outline for forgiveness, because I think this is something there's probably all of us might be struggling with forgiveness as it relates to someone else, or it might relate to forgiveness of ourselves. Um, we all might need to forgive ourselves for things that have happened, especially during this year. I mean, there's mm-hmm. uh, I can think of many times when I could have been a better friend or a better family member or I... Um, I had a hard day and I ended up yelling at my daughter or, you know, there's, there's so many things that we need to find a way to, to gain forgiveness. Um, as Karen says right now, uh, life is complicated. Um, so, uh, yeah, I absolutely, uh, um, I absolutely agree with that one. So 
a few things that are involved in forgiveness. Number one is you have to find some way of expressing emotionally what's going on for you. When it comes to finding ways of forgiving yourself or forgiving someone else, you have to be able to express what's what's been going on. It doesn't like Larry. If I if I had wronged you, um, for you to forgive me, you don't necessarily need to express those emotions to me. Maybe you just express them to yourself. Maybe that's from journaling or some kind of art mm-hmm. that you're creating or expressing those to another person. Like maybe you can't always express that to whoever wronged you, but you do need to find some way to get those things out of your head and and out here. Um, so that's number one. Number two is some exploration of why this occurred. Why whatever the event that you're struggling with, why it occurred. And sometimes the explanation might come to life is just random and sometimes things happen. Maybe that's the explanation you get to, but there has to be some kind of exploration of why did this happen? And then we have to find some ways of regaining a sense of safety. And um, if a family member has wronged you, maybe that rebuilding safety is you have new boundaries that you establish and you create some limitations between seeing you and the other person. Maybe if you've been wronged and you feel uh, emotionally unsafe, <laughs> you learn new ways of dealing with those emotions so that you feel more <clears throat> safe in the situations you're, you're in. And the last part of it is, is of, uh, of acceptance and uh, acceptance doesn't mean you approve of what happened. Acceptance means you're letting go of um of the uh, of the pain that you've experienced uh you're letting go of the conflict so you're no longer in pain so that's really what it comes to for forgiveness is finding some way of expressing what you've the emotions of what you've gone through some understanding of why this occurred some rebuilding of safety and some acceptance so the away mission for this week uh there's one of our lifers was uh taking last uh, the last away mission and turning into um, a journal uh, entry that they were working on for that week, which I think is awesome. If you want to work on this this week, think about some way in which you might need to forgive yourself or forgive someone else and think about where you are on this journey. Is the point that you're at, you need to express this? Is the point that you're at, you're trying to understand what happened? Is the point that you're at, you're, you need to rebuild some safety? Or is the point that you're at, you need to let go of this of this conflict a little bit so you can find some peace? I don't know. You can let us know in the, in the Facebook group as, as the week goes along. Um, but that's kind yes. of your quick, quick... The Facebook page, way. everybody. Yeah, right yes. here. Right here, folks. Facebook.com mm-hmm. slash groups slash Life Support Live. We'd love to hear about how you're doing this uh, this week's away mission. Um, so that's forgiveness in a nutshell, Larry. Um, there's We could do a whole episode on that, and maybe we will um, at some point. But uh, that's that's the nutshell. I'm so I'm so far behind in the chat here. Yeah, Haley. Speaking Christmas of chat. Let's uh let's chat. let's yeah. get to some of those comments before um so much. Yeah. Uh, uh oh gosh. Um Jared says he does not want the removable shirts version of the ornament. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, that's that's trust me, that is fine with me. That Jared. is 
Jared was upset with us because we didn't recognize the fact that earlier earlier in the chat that he had apparently been named for Gerard, that it was not a forgotten name, that it lives again through him. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Some, let's see. I'm backtracking now. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, Dan just asked a question that is uh, coming hot in the heels of this uh, of the forgiveness one. Um, what if you're routinely wronged again and again and don't know why, and you're the only person who would like to mend fences? You know, that's a that's a really great question, um, Dan. Um, sometimes this is this is often true of uh, uh, people who have died who might have wronged you, and there's there's no way. You mm-hmm. can have that conversation with them. And this might be true of people who have now, um, there is some type of either emotional or physical distance and you, you can't have those conversations or someone might not, um, be willing to talk to you about it for a variety of reasons. Uh, it is, it's, it's hard. It's hard to have reconciliation. It's hard to have forgiveness in those moments. What, it's a long process. And if there is someone, who you can talk to and really kind of examine all the different ways. Uh, someone who has a little bit more distance from the situation that you have m- perhaps experienced and perhaps a little bit more wisdom too. So we talked in a previous episode about wisdom. Wisdom isn't necessarily about age, but it, it is about being able to understand, um, being able to share, being able to um, take knowledge and make it very useful for you. So finding someone who might have a little bit distance from the situation and a little bit wisdom who might be able to help you go on this journey of trying to learn, trying to understand, of trying to find forgiveness and trying to reconcile in your own life. Um, that's really the process. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's hard. So for some people, that person might be a therapist. For some people, that might be a spiritual guide. For some people, that might be an older friend or family member. Um, but it's, it's, it's not easy to do. Oh, you're back to me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm back just, to me. Like, I mean, so I'm back threads. to you. <laughs> <laughs> Toss that back to me. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, oh. uh, people were saying, was there, was there ever any familial relationship in Star Trek that didn't need some reconciliation at some point. Oh, that's a cool question. And uh, and I guess Jared asked that. And then Nathaniel said, I don't think Cisco Jake ever needed reconciliation. They or Cisco bumps, and his dad. Hmm? Or Cisco and his dad. Like, he wouldn't yeah, come yeah, to yeah. Deep Space Nine, but mm-hmm. they had a good relationship. Yeah, I think the Cisco's, Cisco's qualified for that. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like... It's good drama. It's good TV drama. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. And and also, uh, you know, has there ever been any family that doesn't need reconciliation? Right. I mean, I don't think those kind of families Barbie exist. and Ken need reconciliation. I mean, <laughs> you could be the most plastic of people in that. Plastic of people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Tim says, I can picture Dr. Ellie doing a voiceover work on a commercial. What would... What would I sell? I don't know. Larry, I get all sorts of weird inquiries for sponsorships of my YouTube videos. You don't want to know the kind of companies that reach out to me. It's, uh, um, let's just say a lot of cannabis related products for some reason 
want um they it's a booming to... industry they've got cash to burn <laughs> they wanna get out to the folks oh my gosh um <laughs> oh god i guess snooty patootie went glenn thinks i should copyright snooty patootie uh, um, Charlotte says Ben Cisco equ- equals space dad. space dad. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. The, the Cisco's are just such a wonderful family. And, um, Avery oh. Brooks has, Avery Brooks mentioned that, um, in, in terms of a K3 yeah. factor that one yeah. of the reasons why he took the role is he really wanted to have, um, to show, um, a black family in the future that is uh that is a positive role model for for everyone to the power that that has of showing a um a father and son who have this loving affectionate supportive relationship and um um i think that's that's really the heart of deep space nine yeah uh, oh scott says i should sell coffee that's a good idea scott yes i agree absolutely uh just totally threads here from the chat um dan says reconciliation between the Horda and the miners on Jaina 6. Even though oh, the yeah. miners were the invaders. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's um, a good one. You Aquatarg know, TOS is a lot Twitch. of that. Yeah. Aquatarg on Twitch. I'm not sure who that is. It's one of you regulars went to Twitch. Uh, we were back in the thing about titles changing one word or something. Uh, remind, where no one has gone before, where no man has gone before. Yes. It updates yeah. it, but they, it is two different titles, and uh, yeah. I mean, all the mirror shows have a mirror thing, but that's like oh, the um, yeah. yeah. Someone mentioned, um, um, forgive me, folks. I can't remember who who said this, but um, reconciliation between um, uh, in the mirror universe between the Terrans and um, who do they in 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 mirror mirror the, the Klingon Cardet um, or the um. Is it Klingon Cardassians? Yeah. Well, the Klingons and Cardassians, they combine forces, but the reason they rise to power is because the Terrans take a very different direction after Mirror Mirror. Um, right. Who, who do they, what do the Terrans do after Mirror Mirror? They, um. Oh, the Terran rebellion against the Klingon Cardassian Empire. Before that, before that, the effects of Spock in Mirror Mirror. Right. Um, in the mirror led universe the, timeline. Led to the, the eruption of the dissolution of the mirror universe. Which is yeah, like what did they do? Recently on Discovery, yes. Yeah, and what did they do? Um, what did they do they, differently, the Terran Empire? They just they just get good, but then they get weak, and then they're picked off by all the other vulture empires around right. them. Right. Um, some, there's it no wasn't reconciliation. It really spelled out, but it just no. broad strokes, yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, so oh, Phil Barnes, uh, uh, Aminiar and Vendicar. The, the computer war planets. Right, 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 right. Uh, that's what I was, planet, yeah. uh, TOS has a lot of those kind of stories of these powers, then this, um, and like mm-hmm. now they have to fix it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Linda mentions the O'Briens. Um, uh, reconciliation often does have to occur in marriages and families. And this is what a lot of marriage and family therapists do. And the O'Briens reconciling their career goals many times. Um, Mm -hmm. A good example of reconciliation is after affairs. Uh, I don't know if we've seen a storyline in Star Trek about affairs. Have we seen anything like that, Larry? But um, I don't think we have. 
Wow, that you would think that would. You'd think somebody's s- going to jump in here. That's an interesting. Yeah, I'm racing I, I, along now, trying to think. I mean, the closest we got is O'Brien rubbing Kira's feet, and giving her the massage while she's pregnant, and then being like, "Okay, this." And then is they both weird. kind of woke up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, reconciliation often has to happen in any relationship where the couples want to continue after something like an affair. If they're in a relationship where the the expectations were monogamy, um, someone has been wronged, someone has been, has broken the expectations, someone has 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 uh, taken those actions, and so everything we talked about with um, uh, with reconciliation has to play out in a relationship. And so, um, thank you for reminding me of that, uh, Linda, with your example with the O'Briens. There was no affair there, but they had to reconcile a lot a lot of challenges in their marriage oh charlotte here as far as reconciliations uh was it remembrance it's a voyager episode where it was like the nazi type culture that had that had quit being murderous but they had buried their past and not come to terms with it and kept it a secret and the one woman was keeping it alive i Uh, think it was the jared's got a great one here um, while you're looking it up, Larry, I love this one. Reconciliation between CBS and Paramount. Uh, that is... That's my... T- I said that. We talked about the Viacom divorce, yeah. and I said this wasn't a remerger. It was a reconciliation. Like yes. after... The, yeah, the divorce couple got back together. Yeah, yeah they did after about a decade <laughs> or so. And um, I think Dan mentioned this earlier. Um, Dan mentioned, I hope we get some reconciliation between uh, the Kelvin timeline and the Prime timeline. And I think that is coming. Um, I think there's going to be with CBS and Paramount on the behind the scenes, but then within canon too. We're in the 32nd century. They know a lot about timelines. And we see that they know about the mirror universe. I think they're going to I think things are going to be canonized. Yeah. The the ca- well, see, t- see, okay. There's alternate. You, this is this is a, a wacky buggy thing anyway. And I've seen some people try to talk about it. The difference between an alternate universe, like the mirror universe, is yeah, like all the like the Borg beat us. I mean, like you look at parallels and all those enterprises. Yes. Up, <laughs> I love I love parallels. Okay. Versus, I love Riker, where he's like, and they're Borg, they're everywhere, they're everywhere. <laughs> That's what he felt like. He was presaging directing First Contact. Oh, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but there's a, like, is there a difference between an alternate dimension that existed from the creation of the Big Bang or whatever you want to go with, that they all existed at the same time versus a timeline split off? And whether you want to get wrapped up in that or not, there's been this all this talk about getting the Kelvin timeline back. Well, the mirror universe is a different quantum universe, and it's maybe it's the most adjacent, or maybe it's there's a lot of differences. But for some reason, that ion storm way back in Iosha, which I know now was preceded, we knew about the mirror universe from Enterprise for a hundred years before yeah. that. But but at least. It's like, was it so close that that, you know, was real distance proximity a thing? Or could it have been like, you know, we talk about six degrees of separation because it feels like there could be a lot of the butterfly effects like in parallels where you would see like one thing off. Oh, it's Ogawa, not Crusher is the 
head doctrine. Oh, I'm in command, not sciences or whatever, but, um, or ops. But there's all this like the mirror universe has been crossed back and forth between, and we don't know what's happening with Georgiou in George and Philippa in Discovery. But no one ever talks about reconciling the mirror universe, the Terran universe now, and Prime. But there's all this talk about we have to reconcile the Kelvin universe with I, – I, I don't know what reconcile in, in that case. Yeah, I, anyway, think people I, have, uh, I think people have – I think people have – I mean there's the Klingon war universe from yesterday's Enterprise. There's all kinds of alternate – there's every inner universe that Worf walked into in parallel, bopped into yeah, in parallel. Yeah, no, I, I mean I think there's there's – but for some reason, everybody's means, like focused on. It means this. a lot of different things to a lot of different people, and yeah. I, I think even Dan says here that, um, yeah, I agree, it's coming, but I didn't say that, and and so the the way the way w- what we all might refer to reconciliation here and what they want might be different. What I, the only thing I want is. Um, I'd like an acknowledgement of the Kelvin timeline and the events there, um, in the prime timeline. And we've, we've had that and- with Star Trek Picard. They've mentioned the, the supernova and how it affected the Romulan people. But the people. supernova happened in prime. The supernova happened prime. Yeah. It and we see that. Line, but it was in the prime time slip. And we see the prime, it. and we see the prime timeline in the Kelvin timeline. Um, I, I think it would be really cool. To see the thirty second technology, thirty uh, second century Starfleet be aware of the Kelvin timeline. That's that's what I'm saying. Right, I w- right, right. I think that would be yeah. really fun, a fun deed in the same way that they're aware of the mirror universe. And I think that's an interesting point, Larry. Maybe uh, so. If we're thinking about these different universes in more of a modern view of the multiverse, well, uh, yeah. if there are these multiverses and every disruption in time creates a new parallel universe, uh, maybe there are some of these I'm universes sorry, I that are. I know, I know. Uh, we, as, as, uh, as Tim says, timelines, there's no time for timelines. We don't have the time. <laughs> then maybe, uh, the, um, mirror universe in distance is closer, or at least was, and now, in the, now we know that they've been drifting apart, and so maybe that's why things were so similar, and you could have these, these navigations between the two, and now they've been kind of drifting farther apart. Speaking of different drifting further apart, Larry, we are at um, wow. We're at yeah. the end of the show here, Larry. There's a ton of things um, going on here, and I'm I'm winking back at you, Dan, uh, on what you just said a minute ago. And also, I'm I'm a shout out to Just Genus who uh, appreciated us talking about the uh, recon- the cultural, the racial reconciliations that America still needs to do. So you're very You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to the Life Support Live podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on this episode. I'm at Ali Matu on social media. And I'm at Larry Nimichek. Hey, if you like this show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review. It'll help more people to discover life support. And you can join the community at our Life Support Live Facebook group. If you'd like to learn more about psychology and mental health, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash thepsychshow. And for a deeper dive into all things Trekland, like Portal 47, check out Larry Nimichek's Trekland on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, live long and prosper. Trek well, everyone. <laughs>